I'm Joe from Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find more stunningly awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. We are finally here for the brand new season of The Expanse, the first on Amazon, season four. I am your host, Chris McGuffin, and I am joined by two of my co-hosts today. First, we have Ernie. Ernie, how are you? I'm doing well and ready to complain about some inners. (laughs) (laughs) And we have Ian. Ian, how are you? I'm so good. I'm not taking any sides. (laughs) i'm all about humanity there you go so uh we're doing things a little different than we did for previous seasons obviously uh season four of the expanse uh, has dropped on amazon in its entirety so rather than just do episode recaps um and and discussion that way uh like we have done before we're sort of just going to like take it on a conversation basis and just talk about things we liked things we didn't like fun details uh, how we um, think the production is going com- uh, compared to what it was like on sci-fi uh, and just sort of have like a nice civil discussion. Uh, hopefully civil. We'll see what happens when Joel gets in here. But yeah, it, it's hopefully going to still be pretty good and, and enjoyable to to you guys, but we'll see how things go. Uh, Laura and Joel will join us later on uh, in the podcast. Not tonight but uh like later down the road when we do discussions they were unavailable tonight you're also going to not but we're we're watching this hopefully uh laura and joel will be nice and play by the rules that i've set for them and not watch ahead of schedule but we're going to talk about episodes one and two tonight having not seen the rest of the season so we will have no spoilers here for people that are like maybe just uh, not reading the books and just watching the show. You can only expect episode one and two discussion with nothing about rest of the season here. Uh, same thing with the rest of the uh, schedule. We're just going to do episode three, four, five, six, and so on. I'll um, get to the end. So uh, I, I think that's it. Can can you guys think of anything I may have missed? No, I'm just glad to be back. Seriously, missed this show so much and was just so excited to see what was going to happen and how the transition was going to be. I think that's very important. But uh, it's kind of hard, Chris, to to go by your rules. But you're um, you're a strict man, and uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do our best. Um, I know I like to rewatch these episodes several times, so I'm okay with it. I'm okay. So. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually watched uh, episode two. And we're recording this one on Monday, December 16th. And last Friday, when uh, everything dropped, I live tweeted the first two episodes um, on our Twitter at Crash Couch with some of the uh, Expanse fandom, including some of the people on the writing team. And I was, I, I kind of, I, obviously, I, I really had missed it, but. I, I finished episode two and I really just wanted to go ahead and watch episode three just because I knew it was available and it was so tempting, <laughs> but I, I knew that would break, break the rules. So I, I resisted temptation. <laughs> How do you, Chris? I think my wife and I watched episodes one and two initially on Friday or Thursday night when they dropped. 
um, surprise. And we watched them. It was like midnight by the time the second one was over. I was just too tired to even keep going. It wasn't even a station. <laughs> well, that just means you have to just keep doing it late at night. So then you won't be exactly. tempted to go to the next strategy. one. <laughs> just, I can't go on. Not even if I wanted to. Uh, I, I also want to make uh, make it known that we are kind of having like a live tweet schedule. Uh, you can find that on our Twitter page at Crash Couch. We're doing it by Pacific time. And it, I think it's it's every Friday, right, Ian? Is that what we came up with? For, well, yeah, it was Friday because um, that's when the writers said they were going to do it. But when we took our vote, everyone voted for Saturday. So it's actually Ooh, okay. for the the majority of the time it is saturdays okay and uh, you can again see dates and and times and whatnot uh that is subject to change like we changed one of ours for the first episodes at the last minute because we found out that the writing team was going to do it too uh, it, so just keep an eye out that that is the tentative schedule we will try to go by that but in, in, unless you see something different just that's what to expect uh so with all that out of the way um i guess we can start let's i mean we're, we're free to really talk about either one, but I, I guess we can start with the first one and go to the second one. I really want to start off by talking about your general thoughts about what the show is right now, because I think it's important to understand and put in the back of your mind, this is no longer a sci-fi show like Sci-Fi the Network. It is being run the same way and written the same way with the same actors, but it's almost like a completely different show to me. For example, when I was watching one in episodes one and two, I almost got the feeling that they wouldn't have been able to write it that way with obviously certain scenes and certain dialogue. But at that kind of pace, had they been constrained to a 40, 40 to 45 minute network cable slot. Did mm-hmm. you guys feel that same way? Oh yeah, completely. The I I was really curious about the transition to Amazon Studios and uh even before we recorded, uh I was telling Chris that the show felt the same, but it felt different. It felt shiny and uh one of the things that stood out to me was one the camera work. It looks like they've invested more money into the camera work and uh just some of the shots that they did which is beautiful. But the show's still familiar. Everything looks familiar, but then there's like this little touch of it that just, it's unfamiliar and it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It actually makes me relax a little bit now because I feel like, yes, the budget is is being pumped into moments of the show that I felt like kind of either were rushed or needed to be downplayed a little bit while while it was on the sci-fi network. But now they they can draw things out. They can make things tense and and really draw out that that those moments that really needed to kind of drive the the point home and you know so I, I was able to relax a little bit and, and kind of let that go. But the pacing of it I feel like is really done really well and, and I'm I'm just very excited to see what's gonna happen next. Yeah I was I was I what's just funny, I don't know why I noticed this kind of thing. I noticed there were a lot more fades like in between scenes. Like, I don't know if that was like because they're not cutting it to commercials anymore. I have no idea. I don't know if they've just hired a new editor or what. But there's just a lot more fades as opposed to just hard cuts, which is a random observation I've made. And so I'm concerned for season five um, (laughs) or the rest of season four. Um, uh, But I don't know. I was curious. So when we were live tweeting, I reached out to um, reach out. I I guess that's a pun. Uh, (laughs) I clever. 
Yeah, I was having a kind of back and forth with one of the VFX people, and I asked if their budget was any different, and he said no. Oh, like, wow. Really? Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, because I was like, well, then you guys did a great job. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. seriously. It, it felt like it was, it, uh, there was a higher, a higher um, budget. Yeah, it, it's almost like the so uh, you know going back to the camera work i'm sorry ian i'm still learning a little bit of your thunder here but no, i just kind of want to drive that point home it feels like when they were on the sci-fi network they were shooting in either 30 frames per second to to 60 frames a second which kind of gave it a bit more of the uh soap opera vibe mm-hmm. where this now actually feels more cinematic and then it's more of the 24 frames per second so it's got more of the blurry motion you know, and and yes, I did notice the the fades out fade outs myself. But yeah, it, it, if the budget is still the same, that camera work is really doing so much. Just you know, changing the frame rate. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the show on Sci Fi was being aired at all in 4K because you can watch it on Amazon in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, the the previous seasons too, but I don't know if it was like shot with that in mind either. I'm sure yeah, it was know. here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, streaming in 4K is a lot more common than broadcast yeah. in 4K. You talked about the fading, Ian. That's I think you're just used to seeing it in broadcast. I have seen the show in, in screeners before and also just on demand. And it does feel a lot more uh, um, like you, you don't notice any like cuts or like um, commercial breaks would be when you're watching it like just straight through without any kind of put in advertisements i I think yeah it's a continuation but you are you are correct that uh it's a lot more streamlined i guess you could say and i agree because because i'm just gonna real quick because i just rewatched seasons one through three with my wife like we finished season three a month ago and so going back and and watching it i agree especially once you get to season three they did a really good job editing out where it would normally go to a, a commercial they did a really good job kind of changing that so it didn't really feel that way. Ernie, were you going to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to briefly throw out there too that because I didn't know what we were going to expect. I didn't know if everything was going to change down to even the music. So I'm glad that the the theme song is still there. That theme song just drives home for me. Like, you know, there's per- particular shows that I just skip the intro or whatever. You know, that's like an option now on most streaming service uh, devices. But this is one of those those songs where I just, I love to let the, the intro play because it's yeah. su- just such a beautiful song and it, it, it kind of sets my mind ready for, to kind of join this world. Uh, you know, I did the same thing even with Game of Thrones. I just let the, the theme play, but I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if that, that meant that they would actually have to get a new theme or anything like that, but I'm, I'm just glad it's there. I did notice uh, they upgraded a little bit of the actual visuals itself. But mm-hmm. I'm just so glad it's there because that 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 song really did drive home that I'm watching The Expanse. Yeah. And I believe, too, that there were times on sci-fi where the theme, um, the opening would be cut or would be uh, shortened because of like broadcast limitations. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I'm a huge fan of the music in the show. In fact, uh, I ordered The uh, Expanse limited edition collectors vinyl soundtrack uh from amazon yeah i pre-ordered this like months ago and i'd kind of forgotten about it uh and then i got the notification saying that it had shipped and it arrived to me last friday uh haven't got to listen to it yet but it's the packaging at least unopened is already really really cool and i can't wait to open it up and, and see what's what's inside and what the vinyl sounds like 
That's awesome. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is read. I still have three, three or four more of the the books to read. Uh, is listening to the soundtrack while I'm reading. Yeah, uh, Ian, I'll, I'll ask you since you've rewatched the series um, with your wife recently. What did? Well, two questions actually. One, what did she think of it so far, and is she like as invested into season four as we are? And two, did you notice any any like different differences? Um, in the first two episodes compared to what you were used to previously or or was there anything that you had to maybe get used to or did anything just pop up yeah when she gets into a show she definitely gets into a show and so when i finally realized that uh the show had grabbed her i was like yes yes <laughs> i like made me really excited um and so yeah she she really enjoys the show maybe not on our level i mean she's not on the podcast and she doesn't really have a desire to be but uh she does joke about it a lot. <laughs> I think having f- just kind of freshly watched the first three seasons and going into four, uh, I did notice the editing style is a little different, and that has to kind of do with the fade cuts and all that. But I also noticed, I forget who it was that it mentioned it during uh, the live tweeting, was that there were a lot more uh, shots that were pulled back. There were a lot more, Just I guess there's a lot of shots of Illis, uh, just as... Uh, just super pulled away location more shot, landscape location shots landscape thank you and then which and then that makes sense too because it's the first time that we have like everybody on a planet as opposed to like a tiny ship and then i noticed a lot of stuff with the visual effects and i brought this up during the live tweet as well is especially what i'm calling their phones just look and people are treating them a lot more like how i feel like we treat our phones today uh like there was there was this shot with bobby when she sat on the couch and she just kind of like whips out her phone like i whip out my phone you know uh you can see like there's apps it just felt a lot more grounded and less like magic like a lot of what they do definitely feels like magic still like when they're in a room and they're kind of zipping around like a full map and it's you know they can zoom in and it goes right where somehow where their brain wants it to go yeah so that kind of stuff to me it's hard for me to like get into scenes like that because you know, it's I forget what the quote is, but it's like technology that you can't understand is almost like magic or whatever that the the, the quote is. Uh, and so for me, it looks like magic. And I'm like, this, this show isn't about magic. It's about <laughs> it's about science and magic. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out because I did notice the same thing. I noticed the landscape shots. Things felt bigger and wider. Yeah, um but I, I'm trying to figure out if that's because of the move to Amazon or it's actually because they're on a planet now. You know, most of the, the stuff, even from season three, they would either be on a space station or on their ship. And, you know, that that definitely drove home the the feeling of claustrophobia, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, it does feel different, but I don't know if that's because of the, where the story is, you know. Yeah. I, I think it's a mixture of both, Ernie. Um, I remember in season two when you had the whole situation with Bobby. Um, I, I think because that was like the first time we actually saw like somebody like go down on a physical planet and be somewhere other than space. And I remember like loving that at the time. And it's something that I'm glad we're really seeing, but in in a, a lot higher quality in this season. And I think it's, again, it's a mixture of that, but even in season two, when we first saw that, it did feel sort of constrained and it could have been, you know, choice by the, 
by the showrunners or the VFX team or, or what have you. But I, I think now they they have a little bit more freedom and a little bit more ambition. And Ian, you mentioned that the, the budget is relatively the same or is the same as it was before. Maybe they they have in the back of their minds, okay, we can be a little bit more ambitious now because if we do have to like spend a little bit more money to get what we need that's best for the show, then we can do it. But we don't want to unless the show calls for it. Right. And I, f- I feel like both methods are, are pretty effective, too. Uh, you should feel claustrophobic on your ship. Uh, it should feel like a submarine, you know, whereas like exploring New Terra, see what I did there, um, should feel like unfamiliar and, and, and big and wide and, and, and something that is more grounded as to opposed to something floating out in space. Yeah. yeah, I'll say too that um, when we first saw this in the episode when they actually got down on on the uh, on land, it was nice to see that it didn't feel like we were landing somewhere on Earth that they're just building or trying to to fake us out and make us think that it's you know somewhere way off into space and and not here on our planet, but it's just you know it's a film or it's a TV show uh, like we've seen like I, th- I think Firefly. Is, is the big example of that of oh we land on on a, on a planet but it's just somewhere in like California <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> um, but yeah it, it didn't feel like that to me which I, I think is just goes to show how well it's filmed and how believable it is yeah and and the producer said it the, it was from a quarry in Canada like an hour and a half outside of Toronto or something or Ontario or wherever they film really yeah. I was um, like, oh, Joel yeah, would have known that. Yeah, he would have. He'd be like, oh, yes, I've been there. I had a whiskey there. <laughs> you know, he's going to listen back to this and, and like make some kind of comment. Probably. That one time, he's going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love you, Joel. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, wait, what? That's just like in Canada? That's crazy. Because it's super cool looking. And it totally looks like otherworldly. They did a really, really good job of that. They did a good job of scout location. That's where all the budget went. <laughs> what were some of the things you guys liked about the this first uh, episode? That the crew was back together? Duh. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. That, like, first episode, everyone's... Well, for the first, like, ten minutes, they're not. But then they're together. And, uh, yeah, that was really nice. Because especially watching season three, I forgot how they're just separate for a lot of it. And we felt it. And, and I... I I I got emotional when when Jim was you know Holden was pretty much like I opened that and and Naomi's like we all did we all did it's a it they're a team man and they know they belong together they're family and I just I just love it man I love it it's so yeah. exciting I was really happy to see uh, drummer and Ashford return obviously mm-hmm. that's going to happen because they're still integral parts of the story but I had for because I've I've not rewatched the Expanse any since it, it it's aired. Yeah, um, I probably should have now that you know it's all on Amazon. But I I forgot just how much I love those two together. <laughs> they yeah they make a great pair. Like there's a lot uh, that I've kind of forgot about, and this is I'm going to come back to Ashford and Drummer, but um, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Aaron Wright. Jeez. Aaron um, Wright. Oh, yeah. Aaron Wright. Yeah. So I was watching in season two is when I thought that he is like ousted. And, uh, and I was like, I don't like, I don't remember him. Like, I remember him being worse. Like, he's not that bad of a guy. And then season three hits and I was like, oh, oh, there oh yeah, he's real bad. <laughs> um, 
And so going back and then that has, so going back to Ashford and drummer, I forgot about their relationship and how much like, cause, cause Ashford kind of, when he first gets there, you're like, Oh, he's not that bad of a guy. And even in the end, he's not that bad of a guy, but he's definitely an antagonist. Yeah. yeah he's, he's got hardened hardened edge to him. Um, I feel like their, their relationship is very much yin yang. Cause he, he thinks more dark side whereas drummer is more now more like for the people and trying to keep peace. But drummer is kind of instilling some, some realness into her. And, and I feel mm-hmm. like they, work really well off each other. Plus, I just love Drummer. I think she's such a badass. Oh, she totally is, man. She's such a rad character. I love her. I love I love the, her, the, the actress. Yeah, and plus, like, when she was doing the call with Naomi, you know, mm-hmm. you Naomi know, asked her, like, is, does, does your back hurt? She's like, only when I walk, <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. move. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, that's typical Drummer for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and that's just kind of belter attitude, too. Yeah. yeah. Everything sucks, and that's just life. <laughs> speaking of drummer uh Kara G's name is in the credits now which yes. I, I feel like is great for her because I, I remember when she was first introduced i just loved that character so much and it's so nice that she's getting the quality recognition she deserves she deserves it so much and by the way congratulations to her i know it's been a few months maybe but uh i know she just recently got married as well yeah uh, the actress herself yes Kara G. Um, but yeah, she deserves it. She's one of the best on this show. What did you guys think of the point of view of when Miller would be having like that that inner dialogue with himself? Mm-hmm. I, I feel <laughs> like that was really freaky uh, in a good way, obviously. Um, and I know some people had talked about how it was a little difficult to hear uh, and understand what he was saying. And so they had to put on subtitles. I thought that was really interesting that the way that they shot that or i don't even know if they had to shoot anything or if it was all just like Graphics. computer animation but yeah it yeah. is so I, I thought that was super cool and actually this is one of the things you can see if you look at the x-ray uh for episode 402 they have like a three minutes behind the scenes on the creation of those and their their thought process behind them and just kind of the character of what they call him uh, proto miller it's really interesting. So it's it's hundred percent composite. So it's it's definitely it's all graphics. There's nothing real about him, which is really really cool. And they talk about how the the visual effects team kind of was able to have creative freedom for it because this is one of those things where this is this is a show's interpretation of a bunch of chapters that are that are in the book where you have chapters that are from the point of view of Proto Miller that are very much like a stream of consciousness like mechanism just kind of this is what that's where it reaches out comes from the proto molecule is basically like it just reaches out and it reaches out and it reaches out it's like I forget what it is a hundred something times a second it reaches out uh, until it finds something and then it investigates that thing and if it's not worth anything then it just keeps reaching out and it doesn't know what it's doing it's it's conscious of what it's doing but it's not conscious of what it's doing like it thinks what it's doing is right but it has no idea what right actually means. Like it's this really trippy thing. And so to see that kind of visualized and how the proto molecule is visualizing like the entire planet and the surrounding moons as like an atom yeah, or something, you know, is like super crazy. Uh, and so I thought it was the way they did that was really, really cool. Yeah, I did. I liked it too. You know what it reminded me of though, was um, Avengers age Voltron when he's hacking into um, the web and also into Jarvis. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of that, but I did like, I like the way they did the uh, ADR in it, and you know, just kind of him mumbling because it's, it kind of drove yeah. home that like it's it's really intelligent, but it's confused about what's going on, and 
I like that. It's it's still very new age detective uh, mm-hmm. Miller. You know, he's still trying to drive home what, what what's actually going on here. And it's almost like you can imagine and and kind of manifest this human being sitting at a desk like with a, a bunch of like post it notes and trying to figure out what adds up. And and, and it, I, I thought it was done really well. It, it drove home what it needed to do. Yeah, he even brings up in in the dialogue some of like some like police or detective related like vocabulary. And mm-hmm. I just think that's so interesting from that point of view. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love the, the part two towards uh, the end of episode two, where Miller mentions that he still hears everybody. Oh, he hears yeah. like the kid yeah. crying and the woman dying. And he's like, yeah, it's all just in there. I also liked um, that because like we look at it and even we can kind of feel what Holden is feeling that he's seen a ghost and, and a ghost is human. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at one point it was human. And, um, you know, in, in episode one, uh, Miller was just like, we got to get to that planet. He's like, I'm working on it. And then the, it's almost like the message repeated itself. And it, it almost became inhuman at that moment. Mm-hmm. Even though we're yeah. looking at a human, it, it it's it's it confuses me enough to be like, oh yeah, that's that's proto proto Miller. That's mm-hmm. not the old Miller that you know we saw in in season one. I think it was when they were by the fire, right? Like it was in the opening, or was it later? Because yeah, it was remember, the fire. Yeah, by the fire. We yeah, he says something almost exactly the same way he'd said it before. And and you you mentioned it, the fire. I just gotta love that the. Uh, the mother gave him the book of Don Quixote. That was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> so I, I think it's finally time we we switch focus and and talk a little bit about uh, the other Abbas-Rala side uh, of cussing. Yes, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the half hour of this podcast is going to be on Avicerella's choice of words. Sorry, I'm not uh, good at the puns. Uh, I just just had to drive that one home because I I like that one. <laughs> she actually uh, said her first f bomb. 15 minutes into the episode. So if you, if you were um, placing bets on how long it would take, it, it was about four, uh, 13 to 15 minutes in. Yeah, and it took about uh, 30 seconds before the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, there she is. <laughs> it, it's weird, too, because I remember uh, when I had um, season two screeners, they were uncensored because they were oh, uncensored yeah. for uh, Canadian television, too. And if you buy the uh, Blu-ray or DVD, you would see it uncensored as well. But having seen a season where it's censored uh, for sci-fi, it was kind of weird to get that again, the uncensored dialogue. Um, and again, I've not read the books, so it, I'm, it's not just something I associate with really with her character. But it kind of at times felt a little forced and I don't know if that's just me saying it because I've not read the books. Yeah, I I think for book readers, it's something they've been waiting for. Okay, because she, she is like she's crit, that foul mouthed in, in really the books. foul mouthed in the books. Yeah, she's uh, a sailor. I feel like even even what we've seen so far in episodes one and two is still pretty uh, not light, but not as gnarly as, as she can get. And so I I can see where you're coming from there for sure. And I think actually going back watching seasons one, two, and three, because now they're not censored on, on Amazon. And there actually, there was a fair bit of language that I just didn't realize was there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I watched it the first time. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it, there's definitely more now, but it was, it wasn't like as shocking. I'm, I'm really curious to see where we're going with her and Bobby. I think that's an, that's always been an interesting relationship from the beginning, 
but we saw her uh, her Bobby reject the I guess the the help that Avastral is trying to give. Yeah, and I mean it, it sort of brings out the old Bobby that we're that we're all you know aware of and that we all love. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think Frankie Adams is just killing it. She's amazing. Yeah, she she's just she I is love Frankie Adams. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> I'm really curious to see where this is this is headed, especially since I I don't know this, mm-hmm. the the end game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they sure. have an interesting relationship because both are are strong in in their own way. Where Avicerala is obviously older, and she doesn't have the body that like. Bobby does, but Bobby's such, Bobby's such a badass and such a like muscle, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they just have such a unique, interesting relationship that even Bobby kind of follows Avasarala. And I don't know if it, Avasarala is so much asking for her, now, offering her help, you know, at least not from my perspective, Chris, but it seems more like she just wants Bobby by her, you know? They, they work well together and Bobby protects her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, side note, I really hope that in the future, event invitations look as cool as the one that she sent to Bobby, that Bobby accepted. And uh, Bobby being uh, felt like she's being used. And me kind of like agreeing with Bobby. I'm like, yeah, I think you're just like, she's just tired of being a pawn and, and moved around. So she's like, she's being held and questioned, right? Like, yeah. Mars doesn't trust her. And then she gets invited to this thing where she's shoved to the end of the table next to... Uh, Avasarala's husband, who's a new actor, that caught me off guard. Um, yeah, I, I kind of didn't know who that was supposed to be at first. Yeah, and then I, saw I didn't realize either. He was supposed to be a different character. Yeah, uh, but. yeah. So that kind of threw me off. But I was like, it's a Don Cheadle situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so I just seeing like okay so she invited to this thing and i really just like sympathize with bobby like yeah i think you were really there just to give an advantage to avicerella and so even though at the end of it there was kind of that like forget these people come work for me moment like it still just felt disingenuous yeah um also it's just interesting um to see her situation as well she was a glorified soldier and now she's dismantling ships um just the situation she's in but Still holding on to her pride, and even there, there was that one line she threw out, like "What I did was for Mars," mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whereas Mars sees her as a traitor, even though she saved Mars. Yeah, uh, it's just, just uh, the injustice is making me angry because I love Bobby. She's such a badass dude. I'm gonna say that like 200 times on this episode. Sorry, <laughs> that's uh, the title name, Chris. By the way, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this uh, the show also focused back on the uh, politics of what's going on as well because nothing there, even though there's a peace treaty that that doesn't mean everybody's happy, you know mm-hmm. everybody is still feeling that tense. I, it reminds me of the first episode, and the first episode, the first shot was actually um, text, and it, it said that like you know th- somebody's just one push away from war. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel it in this in this episode, and I'm glad that's still there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the belt feeling like there's being used by the UN at the at the ring, uh, at the gate of the ring. Yeah, uh, it's kind of just like these watchdogs. Like they they have to obey the rules, and Belters hate following rules. Speaking of the word war, how about that crash scene? That felt like straight oh, out of a high big budget World War II movie. Yeah, yeah, super intense. So good. 
And uh, even the actors, I'm going to give them credit because uh, the fear in their face looked like it was real. You know, I felt yeah. it. And they had, they did a really good job with, I think everyone's, you know, if you've ever been on a plane that you have that passing thought of wonder what it's like to get sucked out the door. Yeah. Uh, like they did a really good job with that hand holding, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, no more hand there. Like, uh, I've, I've never had that thought there. even I never had really? that thought again never and I never want to have it so <laughs> dude, it's like every time I get on a plane <laughs> and dude. I don't have like flying anxiety like I, I don't stress on planes at all I can I see you smiling through your beard saying that <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it's like to get sucked out of a plane hey can I have a whiskey <laughs> yeah pretty much anyways how you doing <laughs> I say to the grandma next to me, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, that scene was so intense. And, uh, I think they, they, they filmed it long enough that we got to see enough uh, of what's going on and, and, and enough where it's like, okay, you guys are overdoing it or it's too graphic. Mm-hmm. They just did enough and not knowing where the shots were coming for, uh, from or what it was, was just, or even perfect. if there were shots. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing too is what, was it even though we've watched two episodes we know there was some kind of device yeah <laughs> um but that like if there was the, like if there was an explosion on the landing pad that still doesn't explain what was shooting through there's still a mystery you mentioned uh the politics earlier i definitely didn't think about that at the first uh when i first was watching this but now that i'm i'm thinking about it now you bring up a good point and I almost think that this is a benefit to the show being on Amazon and that they don't have uh, time constraints. Some of this stuff feels like it would be potentially left on the cutting room floors, like deleted scenes, or it would they would try to sum it up in, in different ways with uh, dialogue between characters or like just a shorter scene. It just all flows so well. And I think it's not only having great source material to work from and also the fact that the authors are like still heavily involved with the show, but also not again, not having the constraints of being on sci-fi is it's just it's allowing for better, more easily followable plot lines. Yes, I get what you're saying. Uh, they're able to expand more on ideas or you like you're saying have a scene of dialogue that might have been cut like one or two lines cut out because they have to. Yeah. Uh, that are left in. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, and I think the politics that kind of come into this season that we're seeing are interesting in that it is a tiny sample of the larger whole, if that yeah. makes any sense. So, like, we've got this microcosm of the UN and Earthers, but also Mars, but Belters, but there's not that many of them, and they're on this new planet. Uh, and that doesn't change like anything. They all still hate each other. What did you guys think of maybe some of the the lesser parts of the episode? I I, I didn't really have any complaints. Um, I don't know if you guys had thought there was anything that maybe you uh, didn't really like or or hope is improved upon or, or changed maybe, but I, I really can't think of anything off the top of my head. There wasn't anything at least off the top of my head either because I was going through certain scenes. I'm like, no, I love that too. Like I even like the scene where Naomi is is going through the painful process of uh, you know gaining muscle mass and mm-hmm. um, bone mass and 
I think if it, it would have been a little bit more off-putting uh, had it been in a time constraint, you know. But the fact that you have to watch her put her mouth guard in and then uh, even just like the little conversation with her and Holden, like, are you sure you want to do this? And and just her determination. But yeah, see, I, I can't think of a single thing. Like, I love that scene, too. Mm-hmm. This is where watching the x-ray stuff kind of is cool, too. The the character who plays Naomi um, talked about uh, the character who plays. Did I just say that? The character who plays Naomi. Um, <laughs> she talks about this actress. scene where actress. Yeah, uh, but she's a character. She talked about how, you know, this is she had kind of decided that she was never going to be on a planet. Right. She's not going to go to Earth because uh, in her words, those are her oppressors. Uh, she's not going to go to Mars because screw Mars. And but this is the first time she's had a plan, like a, a, a chance to go planet side and it still be OK with her. And so that's where a lot of her determination comes from. I thought she did such a good job portraying the first time somebody's been on a planet. Oh, dude, I got emotional watching that. So did I. I thought it was really, really cool. And what's even better is watching the behind the scenes stuff and seeing that she's just walking down a tunnel into a giant blue screen. Oh, man. Um, And and Chris, we're convinced, right? We need to watch these behind the scenes. Yeah, Yeah, I'm already convinced. (laughs) Well, it's just like acting chops. Like she did such a good job conveying a sense of wonder when I mean, the only thing in that scene that was not blue screen was the like maybe a circle of like eight feet of gravel at the end of that uh, tunnel thing. And the rest is all CGI. I think they all did a really, really good job at kind of conveying that, like a sense of wonder, a sense. Yeah, because yeah, because she wasn't used to it. That message was 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 put on screen for us, you know. And uh, I liked, uh, you know, they're a family. Uh, they were. I think there was an instinct to go and run to her and pick her mm-hmm. up. And I yeah, like that Holden yeah, was like yeah. holding him back, yeah. like let her do it. And the smile that that they gave each other. Yeah. Ah, so good. It was so great. Good. And something I didn't think about either uh, was that Alex had never been on a planet without a helmet like outside like he grew up in Ma- on mars right but that was his first time too which i think was kind of overshadowed obviously by the fact that naomi had never been on a planet period yeah i didn't realize that so i'm glad you mentioned that ian if i go back and watch that i'll have to sort of see if there's anything that um cast does to i guess give us notice of that it's like he just looks around nods his head and is like wow Wow. <laughs> let's get this done <laughs> yeah uh, i think he so let's talk a little bit about how the characters are reacting to the situation that they walk into you have the belters you've got this new people from this company called rce you've got earthers and mars coming down on the rossi and so they, they walk into this this the situation and you've got the kind of a pseudo leader of the belters kind of yelling at uh, Alex seems to get a lot of, 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 of the brunt of like everybody yelling and which is funny because he's very much the guy who's like, everybody please stop. <laughs> and then you have a um, more tree more. Here we go. Can't forget. Names. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to keep calling him a Moriarty, but Mur-tree, it's, no, it's yeah. Not Moriarty. Um, yeah. And he, he uh, is like, these people are idiots. I have a right to be here. They killed my people. You have Holden, who's like, I'm on a mission. I'm just going to figure out what the molecules doing here. You have uh, Naomi, who we kind of just find out can't really hang uh, as much as she would like to. And then you have Amos, who uh, we haven't discussed a lot so far in this episode. 
who seems like he's like it's a relief for him to be there. Well, yeah, because he stayed behind uh, on the ship uh, when they were in on Earth. Um, obviously, because his past is still following him, which mm-hmm. we're we still need to find out about. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he seems relieved to be on a planet and obviously uh, drinking. Yeah, I thought it was funny he, when he found out that he could just like pay for drinks with fabricated bullets. <laughs> yeah. I he was like, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> I thought the conversation he was having in the beginning, um, I'm blanking out names again, with the girl who's in prison uh, that saved everybody but was Peaches. Peaches. Yes, that conversation was really interesting uh, just because he was so cold to her, but like Mm -hmm. still kind of open in Amos's own way. But yeah, he gave her a nickname, a a term of endearment, which means obviously he's crushing. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a crush on her for sure. Obviously. Well, I like that, um, you know, just the aspect of exploring something new because. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it when the the uh, finale of season three happened. Like, what what's going to happen? You know, what? How are they going to explore this stuff? What are they going to What are they going to show? And I like that that we're going there. Uh, it's very Star Trek in a way, but like cooler. I'm sorry if you're a Star Trek fan and you think Star Trek is cooler. Um, I'm not <laughs> trying to offend you. I'm just I'm just excited about what they're what they're going to put on screen. You know, this is all brand new to me and. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. just I'm it's super excited exciting. too. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really really excited. I mean, there's they're sitting on a planet that has the proto molecule like embedded in it, as far as we can tell, with these like asymmetrical moons. Like, what even is that? I'm interested to see what Holden really woke up. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that that end scene of episode two was really interesting. Kind of didn't know if like. And I, I kind of suspected that Holden would survive, but he was cutting it awfully close there. Yeah, that was super close. I was like, <laughs> that was almost like, did they cut that too close? Yeah. Yeah. So close that Amos almost lost his beanie. <sighs> oh, you names, mean uh, names, not Amos, bro? Um, oh, one, sorry. One, this podcast Alex. 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 <laughs> Come on, podcast. Ernie. Get with yeah, the program. I I Do you even program. watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late <laughs> yes yeah, when, Alex uh, when Picard was walking <laughs> through the town I thought it was like and Han Solo appeared really emotional <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so good <laughs> yeah, that structure got... is kind of cool like because the structure itself is is obviously space and uh, like futuristic and something we don't know, but organic enough to like what we kind of relate to what the the pyramids were. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of fascination with that, and I I feel like they're doing that with the show. Like they're making a fascination with the space age py- pyramid. You know, like what the hell is it? Well, so. and there's a lot of parallels there too. Because what? How old did she say it was? Like billions? Like four four something billion years old? Before the planet was even conceived, I think. Right? That's yeah. The, yeah, so uh, definitely, so that's actually so that is interesting because it is it does draw a lot of parallels to the pyramids, especially because they're pointy. <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you guys have? Anything else you want to talk about with this this set of episodes? Oh yeah, I got like a whole list of stuff we still need to go over, Chris. <laughs> Honestly, that would not surprise me. 
No. Uh, if Laura were here, I think we would. Um, yeah, probably. we didn't even get to talk about Amos's mm-hmm. pecs. That's what I was excited about. I was like, I don't think we've seen him with his shirt off. Oh, until it, it, just wait. We'll, we'll get her thoughts next episode. We, we will, because I that we it went to the sex scene, and me and my wife were both like, well, that came out of nowhere. Just because we're not used to that with the expanse, it just doesn't happen. Uh, we're like, we're not on cable anymore. Um, but yeah, I was just like, dude, he's ripped. What? The? That was my reaction. I was just like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> well, he, I, I, I kind of know that he would known he would have been ripped though, because he's a, a jujitsu guy. Um, oh, he's yeah. always training with jujitsu guys. I think he's a, a purple belt, if I'm not mistaken, blue or purple, something That's like cool. that. But it's pretty up there. Oh, we didn't even talk about one of my favorite lines of both episodes was when when Amos asked what Avicerella was wearing. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was such a good line, and he just looks so disappointed when yeah. Holden like brushes him off, and he's like, "I just wanted to know what she was wearing." <laughs> that was so funny. I thought you were going to say the the line where um, Holden mentions uh, the coffee. Like, oh, that's so the first the first thing he says. Yeah, yeah, that was, so that was I was like, mm-hmm. here we go, we're home, we're home. We're home. And it is, when I heard that, I did have that feeling of like, it is so weird that we're watching a new season of The Expanse. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, happen. we did we did this. All right, well, I think that's going to be it for this episode of the Crash Couch. You can find us on Twitter at Crash Couch. Don't forget that we will, we will be doing um, live tweets. So if you want to join us with that, uh, just look at our schedule. Again, subject to change, but that is the the current times and dates we plan to do it. Um, also, real quick, Ian, how can people, uh, if they want to do the x-ray thing, how do people do that? Just anywhere that you see x-ray, whether it's your phone or your browser, whatever. When you're yeah, watching I think it's on the an app. episode, yeah. So when you're watching an episode, you just click on that, and I'm clicking on that, and then all. So like, because I think X-ray will also do like scene by scene, like who's in the scene. Yeah. Um, but if you just do all, it'll bring up like uh, a couple of behind the scenes, um, little blips. They're three to five minutes long, and then a bunch of concept art uh, for everything that's in there, which was cool. Neat. Neat. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and yeah, and it's rewatch worth it that. for sure. It's cool. If you want to talk to us on Twitter individually, I am at the Curse of Chris. Ernie, what about you? I'm at your buddy Ernie. And Ian. I am Ian the Beard. And one more thing, please keep in mind that uh, we are not um, watching this all at once. So please do not tweet spoilers to us uh, until probably we, we release an episode about it um, or about the specific episode. Uh, and and do the same for other fans as well because there's plenty of people that um, aren't going to be able to watch the show all at once, or maybe they are doing it with you know family once a week or or, or something. Even even people that are uh, just catching up with the uh, previous seasons. So don't don't be uh, don't be rude and spoil things for people. I've already seen um, a I don't. I don't know if it's a major or minor spoiler yet because I, I don't know who it involves, but uh, something about the end of the season. So don't just be careful what you tweet. Um, use the hashtags at the expanse for just general discussion. But if you're going to go talk about episodes, use um, the uh, hashtag 
the Expanse four zero, and then whatever the episode is for its so if it's episode one four zero one, episode two four zero two, and so on. Please be nice and courteous. Uh, the fandom has always been really good um, about just being respectful and 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 nice. And there's hardly been any drama, if any, in the fandom. So just let's keep it that way, especially with the new people that will surely be watching now that the new season has dropped. Um, any last words, guys? Uh, I have no last words. No. I'm excited to, to watch season. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm excited to watch episode three. Uh, my last word would be subduction because that's the name of the episode. Uh, the next episode. So yeah, there it is. <laughs> anyway, subduction go. and good night. <laughs> we will be back, uh, sometime soon. Uh, we're approaching the Christmas holiday, so that might be a little tricky to record, um, depending on schedules, but we'll be back with the discussion of episode three, uh, soon. In fact, I might go watch that right now after we finish recording this. So We'll just have to see what happens. Um, (laughs) But anyway, that is all for this episode of The Crash Couch. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye. Sasaki. Ooh, that was a good one. You were waiting to say that, weren't you? Yeah, I was. (laughs) 